1: Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle. Unfortunately, a sad episode this week where the wrestling world here in Australia says goodbye to one of its own. Welshe, good day to
2: you. Hi, Tony. Look, um, yeah, the Australian wrestling industry in general and the Melbourne scene in particular is heartbroken this week, mourning the loss of Bassam Abbasaye, affectionately known as Bass. Um, someone who worked within the Australian wrestling for 20 years Bass built a reputation as one of the most charismatic ring announcers in the world Uh, great sense of humour, amazing timing, Bass was able to entertain and enhance the presentation of every wrestling promotion that he was a part of Bass was always capable of an entertaining rumble spot, Um, I know he's done them in multiple promotions in MCW and as recently as a couple of months ago in BCW's Rumble, uh, a spot that was considered one of the highlights for the crowd. Unfortunately, Bass has now left us and has left a massive hole in the hearts of many people within the industry. Um, it hurts that we're not going to see him at the next BCW show, and it's difficult to see um, so many of the people that we love and care about and respect struggling with their grief. It's a timely reminder for us all that we need to take better care of each other and reach out to our friends and family regularly and keep them close. To Bass's friends, family, fans, we share your grief and we hope that you're able to remember the good times and the beautiful memories that you shared and get some comfort from the fact that Bass was part of your lives. To wrestling fans, um, just know that when you go on to a show this weekend, the performers are working to entertain you with a massive hole in their hearts. So, so cheer them loudly and maybe pump I want to break free in the stereo on the way to the show.
1: Beautifully said, mate. Uh Lyle?
3: Yeah, no, nah, yeah, well said, mate. Um, yeah, it's gonna to be tough going to the wrestling this weekend, you know, with a lot of you know, especially in Melbourne, um, a lot of our friends, you know, like you said, heartbroken and you know, still putting the, you know, the show must go on, as they say, um, you know, so they'll be working their ass off to um, entertain the fans. Yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real tough one, you know, I, you know, I love, you know, seeing him back in Outback Championship Wrestling years ago and then seeing more, you know, over the last few years, you know, in BCW and, you know, I remember being there the, the night where people started just, you know, calling out catcalling a little bit, Freddie, Freddie. And, you know, he could have easily, you know, been disgruntled with it. No, but he, he ran it. with it. He <laughs> ran with it. Amazing. Um, you know, you go from the the different jackets and, and things like that. I know JXT shared some, a little bit of footage of him, um, you know, unveiling a, a new jacket, which yeah, you could see the smile on his face and, um, yeah, it was, it was good. And then, you know, BCW running, you know, the, the ring announcer having his own theme music, it, it was, it was really good. Um, so yeah, it's everyone out there struggling, um, I've, I've enjoyed reading the stories and the memories you've shared. Um, yeah, it just comes across the, uh, it shows, you know, the, the mountain the hole that he's going to leave in the community and, um, Yeah. Just know that we're, we're thinking of you at the minute. Yeah,
1: certainly yeah. are. And
2: Tony, yeah. um, I know you're involved uh, quite passionately with a mental health charity where I think it's your big month in October, which has just started. And I honestly think it's something that people could keep in mind. You want to talk a little bit about um, Talktober and your experiences with it?
1: Yeah, well, you spot on there. Well, she, uh, myself, and another guy started the mail hug a guy called Tony Rabba a few years ago based on the fact that we knew that a lot of professional men just don't talk and they hold their feelings in and they feel that uncomfortable talking about any issues that they may have in life and things then get to a situation where they get too big and having been involved in talk, we started this thing called Talktober where we, over the first two years of Talktober, it was right through the pandemic. So it was really hard. The The main reason for Talktober was to catch up with your mates and go and have a beer and have a chat and all that sort of stuff. But through Talktober, we sort of had to do it differently. So we asked everyone to ring a mate every day for the month of October as their Talktober challenge. And I took those first two years, and every time I rang someone, I think it was just beautiful to hear them. And I, I deliberately rang people that I hadn't spoken to for a while, and that's not because I didn't want to, but just life you know takes you in different ways and you you don't catch up with everyone all the time. And it was just beautiful to hear these people always saying, oh, mate, it's great to hear from you. I haven't heard you from your ages. And you start talking and all this sort of stuff and start talking about life and reconnecting with mates and, and all that sort of stuff. And this year, we're encouraging people through Talktober to just tick off eight with your mates. So go and have a beer. Go to the races. Go timpin bowling. Go watch a movie. Do whatever you like. But just catch up with eight mates if you can and just do something with them and just have a good time and reconnect that way. And if you don't have eight mates, that's fine Do it with four mates and do it twice in the month, whatever it is, just tick off eight things with your mates and chat. But talking guys is so important. A problem shared is a problem halved is something that we really push through the mail hug and through Talktober. And, uh, yeah, you know, we just, we just want guys talking. If you've got problems, talk to your mates and let them help you share the load. And, uh, it, it, it can really work. It really can. All right,
2: boys. Yeah. Awesome, Tony. Um, and obviously, we've still got a show to do, so um, we will push on. Um, We've got a really... I guess we've been looking forward to it for a while.
1: Yeah, we haven't spoken to him before. I find that hard to believe. This guy's been very much involved. But we should mention Tyson Baxter last week. A lot of good... Uh, Good vibes around that interview. He was great, Tyson, and great to see that he's not too far away, hopefully, from wrestling again.
2: Yeah, I've had a few messages saying he carried us, which um, I wouldn't disagree. No, He was very good.
1: Very very good.
3: Um, Yeah. And, yeah, all all we want to see, we just want to see him back in a ring again.
1: Exactly. All right. All right, boys, time to catch up with our first of two guests tonight. We're lucky we're going to have a couple of guests this evening. First of all, we're going to speak to a guy who... Is turning out to be one of the uh, great commentators in wrestling here in Australia. It's also a good ring announcer as well. He's been around for a while. Lindsay Howth is the man we're talking about, of course, works uh, with MCW and he joins us now for a chat. Galay, Lindsay, how are you? Doing great, Tone. Thank you very much for having me here. Um, I thank you for coming on board. Uh, another big show coming up for MCW in the very near future and uh, another one that you'll be a part of.
4: Yeah. And the big thing about this one, of course, it's the joint one with PWA doing the Coliseum. Uh, You know, anyone that's got even a remote interest in the Australian scene knows of the Coliseum tournament and how big PWA has been working up with it. So for them to say that they want to link up with us at MCW and host it down here in in Melbourne, I mean, just having a look at that night one card alone, it tells you how great it's going to be. We do have one
2: question about it. though. last time they ran a Coliseum was in Sydney, and we got booked. Now they're running in Melbourne. We
4: haven't been booked. What the fuck's going on? Well, look, like I said, it's involved with MCW, and you know,
1: maybe maybe they've got their head screwed on right.
3: Or,
4: or oh, BWA a, told
1: them, uh,
2: yeah, don't don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, don't worry about these blokes. They've got their own <laughs> podcast to push.
2: Um. So with um MCW this year, with there's been a lot of changes and a lot of aesthetic changes. Uh, first and foremost, that you notice when you walk into Thornbury Theatre, um, how much work's going on to create that look and that vibe that's completely different to what it was previously?
4: So much. Um, like, it's evident. Like you said, when you walk in that you notice it. And it's something that uh, MCW has been really hard working to try and have that from before you even step into the theatre, like when you rock up at the doors, you know, the people greeting you, going upstairs, you know, the merch setup's different and stuff like that. And MCW took it as, you know, this will be the next step for our company. Obviously, coming out of, uh, you know, the big pandemic uh, gap and with new ownership and stuff, it's part of natural progression and putting your own stamp on it as uh, the new owners have. Um, And I think it's just fabulous. You know, a lot of stuff, work has gone into production, changed our commentary teams. I've gone down from ringside up into uh, an elevated view on uh, on the balcony there. Um, you know, the, I think you guys would be able to speak to it more than me as being the punters there viewing it. But, you know, a lot of the new LED boards they've got in there and stuff like that, it really just helps MCW stand out from the pack and, uh, you know, catch a lot more eyes and attention, I feel. Mm. It
2: doesn't feel like an indie promotion when you're there.
4: No, it doesn't. And um, I think, you know, wrestling a lot of the time has... Uh, a hurdle to clear in getting over some preconceived notions of, you know, what it is or, you know, what indie wrestling is. Um, I know before I ever got involved, it took me years to, to start following Australian wrestling because I thought it would, be, you know, it would be the really run down, dinky die sort of stuff. And when I went to my first MCW show back in 2016, I was blown away. And I thought this, you know, I had no idea this is what wrestling in Australia could be. And so I know that MCW and definitely other companies around Australia as well are putting in the the money and the effort to have that experience for people. So when they come in, it's not just about the show in the ring, it's the ambience and the show all around you.
1: Mate, tell us about your commentary journey. Uh, Obviously it's not that long. You've only been in it for a Mm. few years, but Mm. it's a fantastic thing to be doing, isn't it? It's, it's, as you know, I did it for a while, and you sort of scratch yourself and, and pinch yourself and think, what the hell is happening here? This is just grass."
4: It really is. Like, uh, my – I mean, I'll jump around a bit here, but my second show uh, commentating got to do Adam Brooks and Will Osprey.
1: Oh, please. <laughs> and it's
4: it's still up there as uh, perhaps my favourite match I've seen live. And it was one that, you know, I put a lot of preparation into, this big name coming, Will Ospreay. Got to learn all of his moves and stuff like that. Had it all written down. And then within a couple of minutes of him performing, all of that goes out your head and you just sit there going, holy shit, what is this? Yeah. Um, but my journey, look, it's, you know, with a lot of people in wrestling, I wanted to be a lot more in ring. Um, started with uh, Vicious Pursuit, doing some training down there. Uh, the in ring stuff didn't really pan out for me. You know, a lot of uh, my own capabilities, a lot of uh, personal life choices and all that sort of stuff. Um But getting to the commentary position, it started, you know, one of those from getting your foot in the door, working with MCW, helping set up the ring, Um, doing a lot of things. I like to uh, put a lot of emphasis on working at the front of house, doing a lot of the ticket stuff. And just by constantly, you know, putting my name forward, how can I help with this? How can I do that? What can I do here? It literally came down to a a chance where um, Andy Coyne wasn't going to be at the show and uh, Trav was finishing up. And they needed two people. And uh, uh, Mark Williamson was one. And then uh, I got put forward for the other. And, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough that they liked what they heard. And we got to keep going.
2: Now, Mark's a good friend of mine. Um, What's it like commentating with that character on your first
4: show? He's a commanding presence, isn't he?
2: (laughs) He intimidates Lyle. (laughs) Very much so. Was
3: that our... First or second? Our ever first show. First uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that wasn't over the phone. He was in front of me the whole time. He scared the bejesus out of me. I'm not going to lie. He still does a little bit.
4: Still he has. Bit. He has that way about him. Um, but, uh, and I wish I could do a good dubs impression. There's a few people around. If you're able to, uh, work it out of him, do some great impressions of Williamson. Um, but he was actually he's
2: a pretty good one himself. <laughs> he
4: does. but um he was incredibly supportive on that first show you know i had some uh, jitters in the first match it was uh, uh the taylor brothers richie and his brother um versus i can't actually remember at the time you know you get it tony you'd know what it's like you know sometimes especially if you may be commentating something new you get those uh, jitters and stuff like that. and he was really good worked with me gave me opportunities to nice. jump in and add my comments feeding me stuff to say uh, he was a real uh, professional on the desk with me there I can relate. Yeah.
2: The first time I did anything in wrestling was ba- um, some backstage announcing, and he produced everything I did. And if he wasn't there, mm. we would have had some real blooper. Bro- blooper that was the, the first time he did anything.
1: The first time he did something was at the Dragonfly Restaurant. He got booed oh, by that the crowd. He's booed. trying to that forget
3: that mother. Tony. He was commentating. I, was that I
1: couldn't do it. I couldn't do it that night. So <laughs> I got him in and thought, yeah. oh, he'll be fine." And literally, the crowd turned on him. I
4: turned on Mozza. He's still a He's not here to defend those. himself, and you're blame <laughs> him. Yeah.
3: So, w- when did you actually find out from finding out that you were going to jump into the commentary booth to the show day? It, what what was the time frame, and how was the nerves? Uh, a couple of hours. <laughs> oh, so you didn't have a lot of time to get anxious. It wasn't and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad
4: thing sometimes. It's not, Um, you know, there'd been everything in wrestling is you hear whispers of what could be happening and things like that um, right up until the start of a show. But, you know, this one was uh, there was discussions about the team on who, you know, uh, the management team on who they would put in. Uh, And it was Chris Fresh, actually, who went to bat for me and he said, you know, this is the guy that I want in there for this position. And uh, he sat me down and told me that, yeah, it would have been a couple of hours before the show. And he said, don't fuck it up. (laughs) <laughs> which it like uh, fresh. yeah it does and uh geez you know you want to talk about dubs being in, intimidating you know having uh having fresh given you a talking to and saying don't screw this up i've put my name out there for you that uh that gives you some butterflies i think a disapproving look from fresh would end me oh, it's <laughs> it's a great i'm glad that uh renegades has started up uh, because one of my favorite things is sitting in commentary And just like glancing over to that side door at Essendon, you know, and and just seeing the arms crossed and he's very stoic and like an Easter Island face, just quite stone. And then, you know, you'll see a a furrowed brow or something like that. And you're like, oh, this is going to be good later.
2: And then when he likes it, he comes over to us and he's like, what did you think? (laughs) And then if he doesn't like it, he looks at you and just shakes his head. Like, don't talk to me about it.
3: (laughs) Marvel. How, how, how do you think you went on the first show? And was there, uh, was there some uh, backstage
4: yo know, talking to from Chris you know, Fresh? You know what? Uh, not from him. Uh, that was the night at MCW uh, that um, TK Cooper won the title. Uh, and uh, Gino Gambino, or he's Mr. Juicy back then, came out and uh, he was cashing in his ballroom brawl opportunity. And there was a, a lot of, there was a cue that was meant to, was supposed to happen in order for me to get on the microphone and say, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a cash in here. Uh, as can happen in wrestling sometimes, that cue did not happen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, you know, first night, I didn't want to take the initiative to grab the microphone and yell it out. And so it uh, played a part. Yeah, I played a part in the fans being a little bit confused as to what was happening. So that was great. His first, uh, his first title win, and uh, he's never let me forget it. So uh, yeah, been great. He, he wouldn't. No, nah, yeah. he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He's got a very long memory. Um, one of the loveliest guys ever. Uh, you know, you give you the shirt off his back. Um, but while he's slipping that shirt onto you, he'll whisper into your ear, "You will never <laughs> fucking live this down." Yeah, we we love Gina.
3: Um, and. Yeah, we do. You know, and moving forward, like you, you spoke about it, you know, like the Will Osprey match. I was live in the crowd. It's still
1: one of the- Was that MCW know, 100? Was that no? No, no, no. 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 This well is when then. Will Will uh, came yeah. over
3: on his holiday and you know, really put Australia on the map. That
4: was, that was, um, it, was ballroom, it was ballroom brawl, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um the night that um the night that uh Jonah won. Yeah.
3: Um
4: so you Obviously, you're watching it in,
3: you know, take place. Are you taken out of the moment you know, as a wrestling fan and then like, shit, I'm, I'm actually going to commentate this? And does that happen, that kind of stuff, does that happen regularly?
4: It does. Um, and it flip-flops back and forth in how it does. Uh, a lot of the time, I sometimes get too fixated in commentary mode where afterwards, um, I'll think back on the night and go, what the hell happened in some of these matches? And it's not until I go back and re-watch it that I'm like, God damn, that was a hell of a match, you know? Uh, And, you know, you wouldn't tell from my commentary that I I wasn't aware of that. But, you know, sometimes you're so focused on making sure that you're hitting these points and calling what's happening and trying to enhance the experience of the fan that's watching and do justice by the people in the ring. Uh, I think that's one of the, the biggest things is to really, you know, do things that only enhances the match that they're putting on and not take away from it. And so you, you get fixated on a lot of that sometimes uh, that you don't get time to be that fan. But then, of course, like you said, yeah, sometimes there's just some things that happen where it just takes your breath away. I think uh, another example of that was Richie Taylor versus DCT. Oh, what a um, oh, please, yeah, right, right,
1: off the uh, top of oh, the um, DCT. yeah.
4: Oh, mate, everybody misses DCT. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of people you need in uh, in locker rooms.
1: Yeah. Uh, mate, I, I want to ask you this question about you now going to the wrestling to watch, and I don't know if you do that as often as you may have before. Have you found it hard to become a spectator again? Because I, I, I have definitely in football, because I see so much football that I work at, if I go to watch Richmond now as a, as a fan, I find it really hard to spectate because I just – because you can't during your normal – Do you find that with, with wrestling? Yeah. For being able to
4: switch off from what you're looking for and looking at. Uh, I found alcohol is really great for that. Yeah. Uh, You're right. (laughs) Correct. Sit down and, and have a few beers and, uh, you know, you'll be up cheering and clapping with everyone. Um, but you're right. You know, I do try to watch, uh, you know, a lot of other Australian stuff. It can be hard with, you know, time and life commitments, but PWA is certainly something that I really keep a close eye on. Um, and yeah, it is sometimes you're sitting there thinking of it, even if it's listening to commentary and you think about yeah. how you would say, what would I say here? How would I react to this? Um, but you know, then sometimes, yeah, you just actually have to force yourself to go nut, nope, Let's come, let's compartmentalize that and let's just enjoy, you know, yeah. and you, you're able to do it, or at least I'm able to do it when watching uh, a lot of non Australian stuff like AEW and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, just you really just need to be a little bit conscious beforehand and let it wash over you.
1: Lindsay, I'd also like to ask you uh, about the events of the last week or so. And we're a small group as commentators and ring announcers, but also the whole wrestling community here in Australia is a small group. And we lost one of our own only a few days ago. Uh, Can I grab your thoughts on Bass?
4: Yeah, sadly, I didn't have the privilege to uh, know him as well as everyone else. Uh, I think I met him at most, maybe twice in passing. Uh, it was just because of time periods, you know, promotions that you work at uh, and, you know, where you live and those sorts of things. But what's really hit me is that, you know, these, co- the wrestling community is you talk about how tight knit it is and how much a lot of people lean on each other and have so many shared experiences with each other that you can't perhaps have with other people. And then when, when, you're unfortunately, you lose someone out of that for reasons totally unexpected and out of your control, it sends a real shockwave. And that's something that's really, you know, I found quite affecting this week is just, you've seen it reverberate, you know, across promotional lines. Uh, You're seeing your friends just absolutely in tears and stuff like that. And you can't help but be affected, even if you didn't know the man personally. I will say I absolutely loved his suit jacket game. Uh, something I was—I'm in, incredibly just always been envious at. Uh, mm. Perhaps wish that I had the the guts to do the same. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's 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 awful. It's awful. It's it's felt everywhere, and you know, it, you wish that these are the things that we didn't have to deal with, um, and you just hope that everyone's able to find some strength in each other out there. Yeah,
2: that's really well said. Like, um, I reiterate, I agree with you um, that. Seeing people you care about and and love as people really going through a tough time at the moment, that's what I've personally struggled with the most because um, for the for those friends to be feeling where they are, that's a mark of the man that Bass was from, from that. Um, when when you're working as a commentator, you've, you, in such a short period of time you've worked with so t- taking yes. the people you're currently commentating with out of the equation, because <laughs> I think that's unfair, because um, you're currently yes. working with them, so you feel like you have to say them, but um, who, are you, who, who have you learnt the most from and who has been the most fun to sit with? The most
4: fun to sit with, I'll jump to that one because that's the easy one and I can start thinking about the other one in the background um, as I look at my notes and write other things. Crackerjack, 110%. <laughs> I, I love commentating with that man. I love that man uh, just in general. Um, there is nothing that... One of my favourite things as a commentator is being able to throw a line to someone else and they take it and run with it you know, and uh, especially someone just with the stature that he has, you could say anything. You could ask him any question at all, any insight that you think, oh, I'm noticing this in the ring. I'm not 100% sure if that's the right, you know, match psychological thing that I'm seeing. I'm going to handball it to this guy and he just picks it up and runs with it and smashes it out the park. Um, And then at the same time as well, you know, if you've spent any time with him at all, you know that he can be absolutely hilariously funny um very funny man oh the the quick wit and comedic timing and uh a shared love of puns as well um it just made it an absolute bliss uh so that was the most fun person and then what was your other one the person i've learned the most from you were saying look that's i think that's a great question it's better than just you know who's the best you learn something from everyone um you know Talking about those early days with Williamson, which was just, you know, being calm under pressure, you know, and just, just go with it and ride it out sort of thing. Uh, Andy Coyne, I've worked with a lot. Uh, undoubtedly, I think he's you know perhaps the best going around in the country, um, you know, and just the way that he's able to just, you know, talk and talk and talk and just knows everything. He's research. He's so studious, um, very, you know, a lot of professionalism and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, I I worked with Sebastian Walker as well. Extremely underrated as a commentator, you know. Uh, Someone that was there for a short time, not a long time, but just so good, so insightful. And like, everybody hates Walker, but he never let that overshadow what was happening in the ring, if that makes sense. He was prepared to give other people their due in that ring. He never made it about himself as someone who is, who, you know, was one of the biggest characters in MCW. Um, and then, you know, working with Simon and Nims at the moment, I know you said, you know, didn't want to talk about them, but I do, I think they are such a good unit.
2: I was going to get unit. to them. I just uh, was taking them out of this conversation. Nah,
4: let's get to them now. Let's get to them yeah. now. You know, They are such a great cohesive unit. Um, and, you know, I do the ring announcing and then join the desk. And, you know, beforehand it used to be two steps and I was at the desk, you know, from ringside, whatever. Now I'm halfway up the stairs, so I've got to leg it and, you know, I feel sorry for the people that I tell to move out the way very hastily as I'm <laughs> doing that run. But you can just trust those guys to bounce off each other. And sometimes if I'm really involved in a match, I might just stare. And I won't talk. I'll wait for something to happen that inspires me to start talking, if that makes sense. Those and-
2: guys know each other really well. Do you reckon that's been um, a benefit in their development on commentary? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: You know, um, They've got backgrounds with it, you know. They've got that that uh, that connection with each other, um, and they're just really good at it, you know. And it's it's just such such a good help. And you know, we're working at a stage now where sometimes you know one of us might be absent, and it's you know it might just be Simon and myself or Nims and myself. And you know, three person commentary booths has their difficulties, but in those times where you've got someone absent, you're able to just have a pair, you know, go at it seamlessly. It works quite well.
1: Sebastian Walker is talking- a great tour guide. I know that.
4: <laughs> My word he is. My word he is. Especially in Reservoir. Although, I'll tell you what, he's, he's been wearing the camo a bit too much. Very hard to spot these days. I <laughs> just um, saw a
2: picture of Crane Cole in camo this week as well.
4: Oh, yeah. Looks like a much. member of the village people. Yeah? Wow. Well, um, Not in handcuffs yet? Oh. I'm trying to find my words. Let's just go on. Let's just go. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> talk, talk, talking about
3: getting from the, the desk up upstairs and then yeah. back in and out. And you know, you, you know, how many times you're doing that a night, you know, you might be getting winded. From just the commentary aspect of it, mm. what what is ideal? Having that you know, ringside mm. seat or mm. the elevated?
4: There's pros and cons to both. You know what I mean? It's sort of like uh, you know, we're all sport lovers here when you go to the footy or even a wrestling show, sometimes you want that seat right on the fence because, you know, I'm I'm going to use the footy analogy. You're right there. You can see the full forward leading out, taking the mark. You can hear the clash, um, but then you can't see something when it goes up the other end of the ground, you know, and where you sit up top, you might get all that view of everything playing out before you, but you don't feel like you have that intimacy. It's the same thing with commentating, you know, I love a lot of the things that I can see in that, uh, that elevated seat that we are now, uh, especially if people go to the floor or out to the audience. You know, previously couldn't see anything that was going on. Um, but then, you know, being a few feet away from it, which is actually, you know, what our cameras are positioned at for the most part as well. You know, for the video on demand, people are watching it on Fight TV. You know, you being able to see it from the same sort of distance and perspective as the, the punter at home, Works really
1: well. Five um, TV. You know, oh, sorry, I was yes. going to say you mentioned Five TV. Talk to us about the step up for you personally mm. from just being a local commentator to now being someone who's being heard internationally. Live. Look, live, you know, live, live, <laughs> live is the key
4: word because look, uh, you know, I'll put myself over. I'm, I'm on uh, New Japan World uh, with that uh, that Okada match. You can hear my voice on there, which was uh, quite exciting at the time. Aren't um, It's, you know, it's great. It's great. Uh, The immediacy of it is really good, you know, knowing, and uh, I sit there with my phone sometimes and I look for feedback, you know, whether it's someone, you know, uh, personal friends watching at home saying, you know, we're noticing this, we're seeing this on our feed that you're not mentioning um, or you you get onto the Twitter game, uh, something that uh, MCW is trying to build up a bit more, the social interaction during those shows, PWA again, hats off to them. They do a great job at it. yeah, it's it's something that you, something else that you need to include, uh, and you also need to be careful of hot mics, Tony.
1: Yes, you do. <laughs> mm, my goodness. Yes, and for those at home that uh, are playing this game, that means a microphone that is open. Mm. You're going to treat every microphone's open from start to finish.
4: Yeah, Always. you do. You absolutely yeah. do. But where's the fun in that? We all love. Hang on, darling. Dinner. I'll
1: be with you in two seconds. Hang on. Yeah, that's. The oh, one. sorry, Tony.
2: <laughs> the mic.
3: Oh, sorry, I forgot.
1: <laughs> What, hey, uh, what about leaving your uh,
3: leaving your ringtone, uh, your ringer on your phone on while uh,
1: yeah, Jay, oh, Jay mate, like backstage
3: no. at a New Japan show, Tony. Is yeah, that, a- that
1: wasn't that wasn't live though. I'll I'll take that credit. I nearly wasn't alive either. No, no. Yeah, hey, uh, I just heard someone's doorbell ring. Is that anyone? Uh, were, are we expecting another guest or something? No, no. Was that yours?
4: <laughs> oh, hang on a sec- I, oh, hang on a second. Yes, and I'll, I'll let you go after it,
1: mate. We'll wait oh, for you to come back. Yeah, no, 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 no.
4: No, I know who this is. Hang on, lads. Hang on. I'll be All back right. in a moment.
1: No props. Uh, Lindsay Houth with us talking about commentating with MCW and the like. And he actually that's not that's not you, Lindsay. Who's this? Oh, I know
4: who this is. Hey! What do I do with it? On
1: where? The ear. Hang on. All right, I'll unmute it. No, you muted it. You've just, uh, <laughs> just go the other way. <laughs> this is... Ladies and gentlemen, and let's introduce in the- drunk these Uncle B. Absolutely.
4: They're just an absolute pack of... F- these two, I'll tell you.
1: B, you're, you're live. The microphone is on. Yes, I am alive, Tony. I am alive and well, son. Oh, there we go. He's with us. Welcome to the program, mate. We've been waiting a long time to have a chat to you, buddy.
4: Not as long as I've been waiting for you to pick up the blower and get a hold of me. You want to interview everybody. How many times have I seen you interview the likes of Cracker Jack or Lockie Hendricks? I've even seen that you've had, who was it last week? Tyson?
1: Yeah. Tyson? And he doesn't even wrestle anymore.
4: He's not even an active competitor. Yeah. Soft as butter. You know what he is? He's a cat. Angle Beesh, um, mm.
2: did, I, did I see you in the change rooms of the Geelong Footy Club um, while I were celebrating their premiership?
4: I'll I think you, he's still celebrating. He hasn't been home yet. I'm at, every day of our lives is a gift, gentlemen, and that is why I am celebrating. Yes, I was in those Geelong change rooms. Your eyes did not deceive you. Uh, I managed to, uh, I, I was at the game, enjoying it, and uh, I needed to use the facilities, the little boys' room, as we might call this. Um, and I got a little bit turned around, found a lift, and bumped into, you know who I bumped into? Who? Lockie Hendricks? Lockie Hendricks.
1: Fuck. Billy Boundless?
4: Tell you what, why do we have Welch here? That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, it was Billy. It was Billy want Oh, what, and, a, what a tag team. Well, look, as the only man walking the face of this earth that I'm able to hide behind and be inconspicuous, (laughs) I was able to, look, I was just able to shuffle myself into those rooms, have a look around, sing a bit of a song, have a bit of a beer, a lovely night.
1: Fantastic. Mate, you're becoming a uh, a bit of a a wrestle rock legend. How's that going with you? Becoming. Oh, you are, sorry. So you are.
4: Mm, mm. Mate, the only thing sitting with me is this can of beer, anxiety, and depression. But all of that uh, wrestle rock stuff is going absolutely fabulously. Love it. Cannot get enough of it. You can see us again. On, what's the date? October, October.
1: 28th, 28th, October 28th. October
4: 28th. October 28th. Lovely. Is it a Friday? I believe so. Yeah. Jeez, yes. oh, those Friday ones are tough. It takes uh, so- the Monday off. It's a four day weekend. Tell you what, mate. When you're unemployed, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: so do you start for for a Friday night Wrestle Rock? Do you start programming Thursday night?
4: Well, I mean, I, I have a, I have a, a oh, excuse me, I have a, a very pre-existing good arrangement with the establishment there. Uh, so yes, it is. I love to go in. Uh, I bet you didn't know. A bit of a, a worldly eater. Uh, I love my foreign cuisine. So I'll start with a chicken parmesan.
0: Ooh.
4: All right. Yeah, very, I'm, Italian. I'm a very Tuscan. Yeah, Tuscan. Yeah. Tuscan. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just, you know, one thing blends into another. You think you're still drinking and it's, and it's Thursday night and then Fresh has given you a little tap in the ribs and saying, mate, we're starting soon and fucking here we go.
2: You've won a lot of challenges um, mm. at Rock. You're an arm wrestling champion.
4: Well, chief. Just, I'm sorry, I don't know if you were going to ask a question there or just make statements. I don't know if you know how interviews work. But something I'm not appreciating, my friend, is your tone. Okay? There's only one tone I appreciate, and that's the shebexter. All right? Well, for fuck's sake. But you're one there sitting there. You're acting a bit surprised. Why? You know what? Let's turn this thing on its head. Why are you surprised? Because um, Anth Cava is, oh. is an absolute
1: human specimen. Yeah, he is. Well, Okay. Yes. Once again, you haven't made a question, Welshie. You've right. made another statement. Ask a
4: question. No, I I said, Why are you surprised at my success? And you said that Aunt Cabba does weights. Beach, what are you what are you working with here, Tone?
1: Beach, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Aunt Caber actually sent us in a message to ask you a question. Oh, okay. And the message was why are you so fat? I just I think that that's just disgusting coming from that Fair point. question. He said oh, that, did he, Tone? He did, Beach. You know what, Tone? I'm actually
4: going to take a minute here to be a bit more serious with you. Okay. Uh, if you have a look at my uh, first match with Lockie Hendricks, I considered myself in pretty good shape for a big man. And uh, not long after that, the pandemic hit. I think we can put all things aside and say, it was tough
1: for all of us. We all put on one or two. Yeah. No, no, well, now, that.
4: But, you know, the toughest thing about being an uncle living on his own mm. was I'm someone that likes to surround myself. I'm a social butterfly. I like to be around people. There is all these restrictions and rules, very valid. And I, you know, I understand fully why we had them, but um, you, you don't have much, you don't know what to turn to sometimes. Um, and I, you know, I slipped into a bit of depression and, um, I was very fortunate, though, there was a Facebook page. And in answering one question, I'm going to answer another that you haven't asked, which is what our Ant Cabba has against me. The Facebook page was for people who were lonely to be able to... You know the significant other rule that they had that you could travel out of the bubble, right? Yep. Um, I met someone on that, which was... I got to be able to have some company. Um, her name was? I was aunt Cabba's mother.
1: Oh, beautiful. And,
4: Mrs yeah, so Cabba. So that's, that's what... It, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were on terms with it. But look, so that—that that was that's why Cather hates me. He wants to know why I'm fat. Every time I fucked her, she gave me a biscuit.
1: You must have had a few biscuits in.
4: Tell you what, my friend. You would have thought I'd be in better shape. The amount of times... The amount of times <laughs> she's a she's a Collingwood supporter, which you know are the vertical stripes, but let me tell you, they were horizontal like Geelong Jero- Geelong's uh,
2: uh All right, I'll ask you a question.
4: Oh sure, oh, oh fuck! I tell you, I tell exactly. you what. Hey, listen, boys, brace yourselves, fucking settle <laughs> in here.
2: You weren't invited on the podcast. I don't have questions arranged. So, but what's your favorite? What was your favorite match? <laughs>
4: July 21st, 2018, MCW 99, Homecoming. You'd remember that show, had a Mm. pair of Will Ospreay matches on it. One of them against Lockie Hendricks, the other one against Stevie Phillip. Now, it was neither of those matches, gentlemen. It was Vance Adams versus Mike Burr, three, the strap match. I recall that match. Fucking, of course you do. That Tough is one. For all of us. I'll tell you what. If the method, burned in the memory. If the pullout method ever fails me and I manage to have a little sproglet of my own, I will be sitting them down to watch that match and say, here's what your old man was involved in when he was a young whippersnapper.
1: Fenton. Well, you can show
4: your nephews now. Plenty of nieces and nephews going around. I'll tell you what.
1: But the world will be a better place when you start having your own.
4: Ugh. Listen, listen. All I can say is Cabba's mum insisted on protection. So I got her a guard dog. <laughs> um, now,
2: people won't might not know this, but you were the highest ranked Australian match um,
4: on Voices of Wrestling's uh, list of the top matches of the year a couple of years ago. Rightly so. I mean, I feel it was last year. Um, is that another statement and not a question? I'm saying that must have made you like that must have made you very proud. There, there you go. There's proud. a question. That must How did it make you, you feel? Oh, thank. You. Well, uh, some people would say proud. Uh, Oof. Oof. Excuse me, lads. I do apologise. I'm sitting here having a tin, and it's coming up because I've been having to swallow all of Welch's shit. And it's just not sitting well in my stomach. Well, good um, our it lives. Did me, it did make me proud. I don't know how these social apps and things work, but if there's one thing that you can be guaranteed is that people in wrestling, when it comes to lists and rankings, they're always accurate and there's never an argument or counterpoint to it.
1: Yeah. No, it's absolutely it. Make 28th of October, wrestle rock. Mm, what will we mm. see? you be doing there? Well, I mean, it
4: depends on what time of the evening that you arrive. Um, if, <laughs> if you manage to weasel weasel your way in before the show, I'll probably be having again a chicken parmesan with uh, a couple of pints. Uh, during the show, well, actually, let's talk about after the show. After the show, I'm going to be absolutely making a right royal prick of myself in the front bar. And I encourage anyone who's listening and goes to it. And I know you boys have such an esteemed high audience to please buy me a fucking drink. Now, uh, we have the uh, Dirty Dozen Rumble. Yep. This one uh, was in instigated, instigated, insinuated, initiated, intimated by uh, Cracker Jack. He needs to make uh, 10 defences for his uh, lack of defences while he was retired. So he is having a 12-person rumble where himself and his brother are going to be one and two because they want to beat up everyone that comes in and toss them out and have an easy night. But the winner of that match, do you know what they get? A belt. Fucking I asked Tone a question, Welchie, and now you're jumping in again.
1: Yeah, stop speaking for me, mate. They get, get Cracker Jack's belt, mate. Oh, I thought they got a standing over. Ob- is it for the belt?
4: Yeah, belt. Fuck me, I better enter. Wait, I am there. wait, no, hang on. I,
1: I, the, the press conference, you were there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, he put the belt up. He said I've got yeah. he was meant to defend it ten times already in the past couple of years. Mm. So he's decided mm. to just fight ten blokes. Oh well, I'll win it then. Oh, that'd be great. Right, I'll just go
4: I'll just go out there and win it. That'll be it. Why not? Why not? Why not? What is there to fear?
3: Except- now that's an after party. That's, I'll
4: tell you bit, what, gentlemen, That's front what bar and fear? back bar all together. What is there to fear, except fear itself and a one hundred kilo man who looks like a fucking bag of coconuts smuggled into some pantyhose, wearing a mask that looks like looks like he took Jeffrey Dahmer's face and turned it inside out. It's the Dolmio grin of masks. That one that Gore's got on. him. That's is it a mask.
1: To- I actually thought it was his real face. Oh, I'll tell you what we'll,
4: we'll find out Can I tell, tell you find that, out. Tony yeah there's only fear that I need to worry about and gore and gore do you know why they call him the snuff king because why, he I does worry. a lot of snuff exactly right very big tobacco fan <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> now
3: it, <laughs> when when you win the wrestle rock title <laughs> in the, during the after party will it will, Shut will, up, will, Walshy will it Will a Joel Selwood crash the after party?
4: <laughs> Surely he repays the favour. I'll tell you what. Here's what's going to happen. Drunk Uncle Beach is going to go in there. I'm going to toss 11 other bloke. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Toss out. Not just toss. Going to toss out 11 other. Actually, you know what? I don't think I'll do 11. I think I'll just... I only need to get rid of one bloke. That's the thing. Everyone sits there. Oh, I'm going to beat 29 guys. I'm going to beat 11 guys. Daft. Absolutely daft. Just toss out the second last person, you win. So I'll do that. And then what's going to happen? They're going to crown me the champion. All right? Have you seen WrestleMania 10, right? Where they pick up Bret Hart on their shoulders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't happen with me. I'm too heavy and the roof's too low. However, there will be a celebration like no other. And then next year, you will see. You know those little, those nab little Oz kicker ads?
1: Where they look like the players.
4: Exactly right. There's going to be one of them, except for a little child imitating me, because they're not old enough to drink. They're going to have Joel Selwood playing drunk Uncle Beach. He's going to be my little Oz kicker, and then they're going to have one. They're going to have one for Welchie. They're going to have one for Welchie. It's going to be
1: just a little penis running around.
4: It's going to be some. It's going to be you know that that kid at school that you absolutely just gave you the absolute shits. Yeah. You, you smacked him in the back of the head when the teacher's looking. They're going to, be, they're going to have one of those kids to be, Welchie. Before we start filming, we're going to tie his shoes up. And as he starts acting, we're going to kick him up the bum so he falls over. Booyah right. bullying advocate, um, drunk Uncle Benge. Uh, don't, 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 don't. Come on, get your words out, mate. What the fuck?
1: Have, before- you, have you
4: done this before?
1: No. I'm glad
4: Lockie Hendricks beat you. I tell you, oh, hey, yeah. actually, here's another. What was with him at the uh, at the press conference? Did
1: you guys nah, see that? Absolute disgrace. We asked him questions. He answered none of them. He just it was disgusting. He stood there like a tin man needing some oil, didn't he? I think he's having a real conflict in his head as to what what he's actually where he's at at the moment mm-hmm. in his life.
4: Bit of an ass wipe, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But
1: the interesting, you know what?
4: Keep an eye out because Wrestle Rock has often proved to be. The cocoon that is the metamorphosis of Lockie Hendricks. We saw, we saw Uncle Paul, the Uncle Paul loving Lockie there. We yeah. saw the birth of that uh, that sixties 60s, sixties uh, 60s hippie sort of Locky there, right when he attacked me, evidently. And uh, who knows what's going what we're gonna see next? We saw, we even saw Lockie we even saw Locky hugging Cracker Jack at Wrestle Rock. Yeah, so that was a bit that was a bit weird,
1: uh, mate. Before we great let you in, go, great insight.
4: Well, she, great insight, mate. Thank you.
1: We're going to wrap this up. Unfortunately, I could talk to you all night. Just oh, a quick I could talk one on though. You all night tone, oh, but
4: there's yeah, wrap, one of wrap, I can't up,
1: talk to. Man, of I, I thought it was a little bit of disrespect from Julian James as well, trying to change your words. You called it a tournament, and then he well, tried to come tournament. in and say it was something else. And then oh, I think you rightly put him back in his place <sighs> before spewing in a brown paper bag.
4: There are some regrets I have in this life. One of them in that moment, I I greeted Julian James with open hostility. I was just amped up. I I was amped up. I saw gore. It got me a little bit, gave me a little bit of a fear boner. And I wish, instead of meeting him with hostility, instead, I just just kissed him. Such a beautiful man, Julian James.
1: He's a beautiful man. You're right. Have you seen him, Tony? Yeah, yeah, no, he's a gorgeous man. Beautiful.
4: Dulcet tones. I can't believe him. Yeah, he's... He looks like he's in his 30s. Apparently, he's not. Really? Apparently, he's
1: not. Could have fooled me. Wow.
4: Many people do, Tony.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They do. Correct. Uh, Uncle Beach, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you at the Corner Hotel on the 28th of October, when presumably you'll be crowned the Living Legend Champion. You know what? what? And if, and if what I'm not. What is the Australian Legend Champion or something? What is he? No, it's just the wrestler. It's wrestler
4: wrestle wrestle Oh, is so wrestle not going to put the... okay. Tony. Greg is not going to put that on the line. Tony, I'll tell you what, mate. If you buy me a beer, you can call me whatever the hell you want. You can call me Drunk Uncle Beige, Australian Wrestling Legend Champion, Top Bottom Bear, whatever you want to do, mate. I I just doesn't
1: make me do to the beer, after man.
4: party, unfortunately.
1: No, no, I've got to catch the last train home. So. Neither of these
2: two
4: do. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Beach, gentlemen. Thanks for your time. An, it has been an absolute delight. Much love to you all. Good evening, gentlemen, and I will see you on the 28th.
1: You, you will, mate. And as you leave us, could you also say goodbye to Lindsay for us and thank him for being a part of the first part of our program, uh, Lindsay Howarth and Brunk Uncle
4: I'll, I'll shake his hand and he'll be the biggest prick I've had in my hand all day.
0: <laughs> Here
1: on the Turnbuckle.
0: Welcome to intermission. Yeah, intermission.
1: welcome back, second part of the program after our intermission. And boy, oh boy, love drunk Uncle beige That was just well, Lin- fantastic.
2: Lindsay. I just prefer to talk about Lindsay. Um, very nice guy. I
1: uh, hope he's Lindsay's okay. A lo- Lindsay's a lovely bloke, but Uncle beige was great. No, nah, he's a piece of shit. I don't like him. No. Oh, well. Anyway, good. Do- uh, good no, I think,
3: well I think. I Well, I think while well, she uh, doesn't like uh, drunk uncles, maybe PTSD. That's why he's holding it
1: against uh, him. I wonder if he's going to have any of these winning.
2: Well, yeah, I should.
1: He I should. don't have
2: any.
1: Maybe hey boys, we. Invite... Uh, we and should. I'm
2: not inviting that drunk uncle. Anyway, he's yeah. done his dash.
1: We should talk about the big news out of uh, Japan earlier this week as well on the passing of Antonio and Oki. Yeah,
3: this is this is a big one, Tony. Like you could easily say, you know the. Second most influential person in the wrestling business, you know, in the last you know 40 to 50 years, other than probably Vince, you know, um, you know the founder of New Japan, you know, back in 1972, you know, champion all over the world, you know, wrestler, mixed martial artist, you know, the big, uh, the big shoot fight that he had with Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, you got Pride and UFC on the back of his martial arts stuff, and yeah, I think. This is a big loss because I think a lot of um, his tentacles are all over the pro wrestling business, even today, still.
2: I mean, it's it's, it's it's fair to say that wrestling in Japan would not look like it looks right now without Anoki. It may yeah. not. It, yes. it may be a much smaller industry.
3: Yeah. Well, he's a cult-like figure in, in Japan, a politician, you know, He's a handsome TV motherfucker as well. shows about him. Yeah, you know, he's got that strong chin. You know, people lining up, workers included, people lining up, you know, common people to get slapped by this man as a privilege to hopefully, you know, get a little bit of that fighting spirit. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, well, the industry's feeling, you know, you've seen the outpouring of emotion and all the tributes to Anoki
2: going around and. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big one. Wish you would slap my yeah. drunk Uncle Bees, that's for sure. No,
1: leave him alone. Uh, AEW boys, Tony Khan being reminded by FTR that they still work for him? Yeah, it's an interesting Yeah, they're still one. under contract. <laughs> um,
2: uh, that- it's funny, The um, yeah, there's a lot of guys who aren't working as many matches as you'd expect, but... Um, and you don't know what's a work and what's a shoot, but FTR have definitely in the past been quite prepared to speak their mind. So um, it is interesting. They are carrying the IWGP tag team titles at the moment, so at least they're at least they're busy. Yeah.
3: What do you well, think? Yeah, guys? they've just had well, from all reports, uh, it's a it's a weird one. Like you said about the the work shoot, you know, AEW they do tend to blur the lines. Um, but like in the the first half of the year dax was on pace to be one of the wrestlers of the year um, you know he was having a lot of great singles matches while his partner was injured um, but they've been lately they've been having trios and singles matches on AEW TV uh, you, know, you know, they've been triple a tag team champions ring of honor champions like you said, they're IWGP champions, but the AEW titles eluded them. Maybe in the background there's a story coming, but from what they said over in the UK, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely one of the best you know, top three tag teams in the world right now, right alongside Aussie Open, and they've just torn the house down wrestling each other over in the UK. So um, Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm hoping it's a bit more storyline, but you know, Dax does like to talk, uh,
2: likes to shoot as well. I lean towards, I always think everything's a work, so
1: yeah, yeah,
3: especially that that company. You know, some, you know, sometimes their working turns in the shoot because they do play it a little bit too close sometimes. So,
2: true. Thanks, Terry.
1: Hey, guys. Really looking forward to PWA turning their stuff on down in Melbourne this weekend.
2: Big joint shows with um, MCW, the Coliseum Tournament, which I know a lot of people from Melbourne have travelled north to see previously. The fact that it's happening here um, is exciting. There's still tickets available, believe it or not. Um, Friday night at the Croxton, I think, off the top of my head, and then Saturday night yeah. at the Thornbury Theatre. Um yeah, I think that it's just if you're a wrestling fan, you go, don't you?
3: I think you should. Like, this is, yeah, I was going to say once in a lifetime. Obviously, it's not. But, yeah, you know, it's great that it's in Melbourne. Two nights of wrestling. You know they're going to be banger nights. Go and use the, is it the government rebate? You can get 25% off the entertainment. Nah, there you go. Get gone. yourself. It's gone. Oh, it's moved on. Too late. Sorry. Grab it for the next show. Um, you know, yeah, but this is great. We had a ball up there a couple of years ago. The tournament was done really well. the Second night leads to a bit of. Well, obviously, we headlined, and um, I think maybe we took a little bit of the spotlight because we didn't get booked again. Um, right. you know.
1: Was that the year the Mark Moody? Yeah, fought? like the tournament. Yes. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a big. He had a big bout, Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, night one you got the, tour, you know, the four tournament matches, um, and then well, the finals like will Brooksie. be on the Saturday night.
2: Has Lex and Brooksy ever disappointed? No, no, you can never be disappointed. <laughs> no, this is a, and Rock uh, Robbie yeah. versus Charlie Evans is that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, so you got banger bang matches
3: in the in the first round. You know, Saturday night with the finals a lot, alongside. Yeah, you know, they get a bit creative. PWA they had a lot of fun matches on the second night when we were up there last time. You know, um, David Storm, Chris Basso and Jessica Troy, uh, Trio. Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, looking forward to the second night for the matches that aren't just the finals as well. They'll get a bit creative. They got the MCW locker room to play off as well. So, this is big. This is a really big weekend.
1: It is a big Big weekend weekend for me. Is is PAX on this weekend? Yep, Saturday. Russell at PAX. Tell us all about it, Welsh. So, if you've got tickets to PAX, three o'clock
2: in the Wombat room or Wombat, Theatre, theatre, that's the one. Uh, we're on, um, will be the best thing on all day, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think the cast, I think, so we've got Chris Fresh. Well, there yeah. you go. Meatball, Murdoch. Murdoch. We've got Tosh Greenslade.
1: Yeah.
2: We've got Meat. Yep. Yeah. Star. We've got Bros, Avaro. with
3: Jeff Jeff well you know you need the ma- you need the master of ceremony so what you're saying is at a, you know we've had guest hosts on the podcast so you've got Rose um, Tosh and obviously yourself uh, did Tony and I get an invite well Tony's away
1: yeah I couldn't do it
3: you're away and are you Tony and you're you not very yeah well I'd probably go to the wrong place to be honest um, yeah
1: well, True, you went to my yeah. place, so yes, you probably would.
3: Um, uh, I was just excited to get back in the studio, Tony, and um, yeah, no one's there uh, except my wife. Your wife was there, and um, but why are yeah, you still I, there? Well, the studio's here. I'm in the studio. No, the, you, studio. the equipment is. And it? he's using
1: his phone because I've got the uh gear with me. Yeah, you which know, I the gear with me.
3: Yeah. On the phone, yeah, that's uh, done before. Oh, you should get uh, drunk.
1: You should get drunk, Uncle beige to make an appearance of Pax. I
2: tell you what, if Drunk Uncle Beach is ever on WrestleBrainia, I'm out. Well,
3: you're
2: out. No. Nah, oh, there's no way I, I'm gonna ever appear with that with him.
3: You got to be opposite him and defend your your no, title, uh, uh, you,
2: your to... I don't want to be in a room with him. He's no, done his stuff. He's a good bloke. No. no, I thought he was okay. He was good. You know. Nah, he's a piece of shit. Nah, I think Jeff, a if
3: you're listening, never, ever book drunk Uncle Bees. Speaking of pieces of shit, um,
1: oh, what?
3: Yeah, huh? uh, good luck, Jeff. Good, good luck, Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be, a good weekend. Can you do me one favour though, Welshie? Well, you know, Obviously, you're going to win the tro- Yeah, you know, bring the trophy back. I oh, will win. But if you don't get, if you don't become part of the. Uh, Tax 24-7 title lineage at some they point have, on I Saturday. They have I don't think they have it this year. Uh, I, I, seen it, I seen it on Twitter earlier today. Someone was I mean, trying bring to bring it back. I'm not trying to, bring it, you going going. to bring, bring it back. That's the that's the
1: that's the request that I've made. All right, let's have a look at the upcoming show. Up PCW good. PCW Slam in Fern Tree Gully on Thursday night, the 6th of October. Friday, PWA and MCW with Coliseum Night 1 at the Croxton Band Room in Thornbury. I thought that was the Croxton Park Hotel. Lucky I wasn't in Melbourne. I would have gone to the wrong place. The Croxton Band Room is in Thornbury, is it?
2: Yeah. It's just down the road from the Thornbury Theatre.
1: I seriously would have been out off uh, Whitehorse Road, off uh, Springvale Road at the Croxton Park Hotel.
2: What would anyone do a show out there? There's no
1: public transport. Yeah, no. Well, Just follow go. me, Tony. I so then that's on Friday night. On Saturday night, PWA and MCW have Coliseum Night Two at the Thornbury Theatre. Uh ICW Canberra, Southside Bashing Canberra. TCW New Horizons at the Alphen Sports Center in Launceston PCW Ignition also on Saturday night in Fentry Gully. And UPW Night Quarter Volume Three at the Avenue on the Sunshine Coast. And Sunday, you can all get to sleep in and have a rest. Hey, good lot later, boys.